Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Paul Norton podcast. So today's episode, I feel like a little bit of a narcissist only because as you see in the title, it is called Who is Paul Norton? Now, I'm not one for talking about myself, so a little bit out of my comfort zone, but over the last couple of weeks I've had so much good feedback and so much positive DMs and I just had someone this week text me and ask me who exactly are you so I thought to myself well that's a good reason to do a short episode and just explain to you where I've come from and how I've got to where I am now and just my journey in from when I was younger where I am now because although things look shiny and nice on the outside you know people don't realize the struggles and the tough times that people go through behind the scenes to get to where they are you know just because someone has a nice shiny car or a nice shiny house it doesn't mean they're lucky or it doesn't mean they're happy there's always a backstory now for me fitness was never it was never my strong point and it was something that I never even looked upon. And my first encounter with fitness was back when I was in school. So I went to school in a small all boys school in Tullow, County Carlow, little and little small place in Ireland. And I remember this day so clearly. I went to the local rugby team and I was only maybe 14, maybe 15, you know, little skinny kid. I was only kind of new to the area. And I went to join the local rugby team. And I remember walking down from my house, it was a two-mile journey, had the, had the football boot, had all the stuff, went to training, and basically I was told that I was too small and too scrawny and just was never good enough to play rugby with these guys and as a kid it's quite a harsh reality when you get told that you're not good enough to play a sport that you you know you just want to get better and meet new people so from there for the last for the next two summers I was working with a local farmer and I was just a little bit scarred from the fact that I wasn't good enough to play rugby and that just kind of stuck with me so I remember on the summer of, I would have been 16, so the summer of 2006, I joined um, a local group of mainly men in a sport called tug of war. Now, if anyone doesn't know what tug of war is, it's basically you have 11 people on one side of a rope, 11 on the other side of a rope, and basically you're just pulling to see who can pull each other back the, the farthest. Now, this sport, I really, really enjoyed. You know, there's a, it's a great feeling when you're be able to use your body to, to do things, and especially a sport that not many people recognize. But for me, it was a great opportunity because I met a lot of people, and I even got the opportunity to go to Belgium and represent Ireland in the under 16 tug of war all world championships 
So it's, it's a bit crazy when you think about that, that there's actually a world competition for tug of war, but it was such a fantastic experience. That was the only really sport I played as younger, younger guy, and I never went to the gym when I was younger, and it just was always work, 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 work. When I was 20, 21 then, you know, my mum, she suffered with her weight loss and her fat loss journey. And, you know, I seen her go through the struggles week in, week out. You know, she done the Weight Watchers and she done the Slimming Worlds and she done the fat loss pills and she done all this stuff that she could find. She done the ketos and she just done everything. <clears throat> and every Friday she used to go to the local hall and get weighed in. And back then, you stand up in front of a group of people and if you didn't make the weight each week you got deducted a point like got deducted a point you know i'd come home from working and you know my mom would be there and she'd have to be coming back for the hall and she'd be just in tears because she just feels so disappointed she felt so down because you know she just felt she wasn't good enough because she didn't lose weight and that one particular week you know she just thought the whole world was against her not taking into consideration you know her menstrual cycle you know her perimenopause where she's whether she's full menopause her stress her sleep you know all this needs to be taken into consideration but unfortunately for her back then she didn't have the support or the knowledge around this area so of course then she turned to food and alcohol and she just comfort eat and she just do all the wrong things from this this one friday and this went on for maybe two three years so in on my 20 21st birthday in 2011 my mum passed away unfortunately um she passed away in her sleep and it's because she had a bad heart. Now, from this then, you know, I was only 20. I was 10 days before I turned 21. So I was very confused. Obviously, my emotions was just all over the place. A month later, after the month's mine, I landed in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota in the USA. Now, this was my way of escaping. Again, there was no fitness. There was none of this stuff. That was just me leaving Ireland. And I went to America and was driving combines. And I was farming for 11 months. From this time, I went from America down into Canada. Again, I was eating all the wrong foods. I was just binge eating as well. Working 16, 17, 18 hours a day. Big, big hours. From this point then, I remember going home, England again, went to England for nine months. It was kind of, when my mum passed away, it was my way of kind of escaping reality. I just kind of, just went away and escaped and just found myself as a person. Went to England for nine months and again, just farmed away. And again, there was no fitness, there was no gyms. It was just, I had no knowledge around this area. And for me, 
working and long hours and it was all about working being stressed and eating all the wrong foods and that was just part of life from this stint in england i then ventured across to the great island of australia again australia i went straight back into what i knew best and that was farming you know driving combines 16 17 big hours like no sleep and again the food was the same thing all the wrong foods it was just wasn't for me it was after this time i spent a year in australia i then went to new zealand went to new zealand for a week holiday and i spent end up spending 11 weeks in queenstown spent all my money all my savings completely stone broke but had the best time of my life goon bags were my best friend I remember this part of my life was probably the most crucial part to where I am now. The reason is, I remember this so clearly. You know, I was having, I was only a young fella, maybe 23, having the time of my life. And I remember there was a massive snowstorm hit one day. And of course, Paul being Paul, I got the cheapest tickets, you know, at the cheapest price with no travel insurance. So my flight was meant to fly out on, I think it was on a Saturday, but the snowstorm happened and of course the flight got cancelled. And because I had no insurance on the tickets, there was like a $300 charge for me to, to change my flights for the following week. So I had about $300 left in my bank. This money then went towards me having to get a new flight now I was never one for asking for help I was always I seemed to work better in them situations but on this instance I probably should have asked for help but I didn't so spent all my money on these new tickets that was going to leave on the following Friday I think it was so I remember checking out of no man's backpackers in Queenstown and I remember getting the getting the bus to the airport in Frankfurt, Franktown. And I remember I got a lend of twenty dollars off a guy from actually he was from Napier, New Zealand, who was backpacking as well. And he gave me a lend of twenty dollars. With this twenty dollars, I thought I had won the lot. Like this smile in my face was unbelievable to for some strange man. To give me $20. It was just the best feeling you could ever imagine. You know. With this $20. I had no plan. You got to imagine now. I checked out the backpackers. I had zero money. I had zero credit on my phone. I had nothing. Only this $20 bill. That I got from this guy. Went to pack and save. And I remember I got. You know a sliced pan of white bread is maybe a dollar i got a couple of tins of beans i got some tuna i just spent 20 dollars on the cheapest food you could imagine and um from this i managed to spend five nights sleeping in the airport the first night i remember sleeping in the public toilets in um queenstown and i remember thinking like what have I done? And from that then, you know, I, I ramble around Queenstown, you know, by myself all day, then go back 
to the airport, pretend to check in, and then obviously wait for Lady to come over and she tell me, Oh, your flight's not till next you know, next week and I said, Oh no, can I just stay upstairs and then leave tomorrow? And they say, Yes, I done this for four nights in a row. Absolutely crazy. But this was crucial for me because from having that experience to like having no money to what I done has made me value how I see obstacles and how I feel about money and stress and it's just made me be a lot more resilient in how I deal with situations whether they're tough or whether they're good. So from here went back home to back to Carlo and I remember done three months and again went back to what I knew best was drive machinery. But it was this summer of 2000 and 15 I'd like to say 14 where I signed up to the gym for the first time and this was a Talbot hotel it was a, a lifestyle gym in Carlo and this was the first real taste that I kind of got for you know lifting weights and just being in a very strange environment and it was so foreign to me that I never told any of my friends I never kind of told anyone that I was in the gym because I kind of felt ashamed. I felt ashamed that I was in the gym and it's such a obscure feeling when you're ashamed to be in the gym that you're ashamed to improve your health and fitness. And when I look back at that now, it's crazy like how many other people go through that same situation. You know, I was a skinny kid who had been traveling the last couple of years and I'd gained a, a quite a lot of weight in my tummy but I was still have small arms and small legs and going to the gym where there's you know there's guys bigger than me and doing bigger weights and here's me with small weights and I just felt so insecure and just lacked so much confidence but it just took me time and consistency to keep chipping away and chipping away and eventually I kind of built it into my habit now from here then I made a big bold move and I went to New Zealand and I went to a small little place in New Zealand called New Plymouth Taranaki for anyone listening from New Zealand the reason why I went to this small place is because there was a good friend of mine Kane who actually done the harvest of me in America and it was from his connection that brought me to that small place in New Zealand. You know, little did I know that this was going to be the start of something that was going to just mold my future into where my life is going at the moment. Again, as you can imagine, I went to New Zealand and I just stuck to what I knew best. Went straight for the farm. You know, I went straight to the long hours and 17, 18 big hours and, you know, not good food and I just stuck to what I know the only difference is my habit that I'd built over the three months being in Ireland with going to that gym you know every evening getting a taste of lifting weights getting a taste of getting stronger having clean healthy food for that three months you know that was the missing link that I was missing when I first went to New Zealand 
Now, in New Zealand, I done this job for maybe three years, but I I was in the gym slowly, start building the gym slowly, start learning and learning and learning. And it was only in this time in New Zealand when I actually met a girl. And it was an Irish girl, and I'm sure if she's listening, she'll have a bit of a smile on her face. But this girl was, she was the reason that started me off to what I'm doing now. So basically, she was a strength and conditioning coach for Taranaki Ruby. And um, things hit off, you know, um, we started seeing each other and, and, and that kind of stuff. But her influence on me in regards to health and fitness made more of an impact than I could ever realise. It was from that as well that I went on to play rugby in New Zealand. After being rejected years ago, I decided that I wanted to start playing rugby. Remember this clear as day again. Went to rugby and... I made the top team was like the social grade and I remember my coach at the time passing a remark to me and he was saying to me that you know you're never going to play top rugby in New Zealand you just you're never going to play it keep dreaming again little did I know that this remark was going to be play such a big part in my future going forward so Everything started to mold shape. I was starting to play rugby. I was starting to get more confident. I was in the gym consistently. I was just, everything was just chipping away. I then decided I was going to study personal training and health and fitness. So from this then I enrolled in Auckland University and I was doing an online course. This took me two and a half years to complete because you got to imagine I was also working, you know, 16, 17 hours doing contracting. Then I was trying to study on the side and really I could have got that course done in probably eight to 12 months, but it took me two, two and a half years and a bit. But what I learned in that course really made no difference to where I am now. Because experience is the most valuable tool you can ever have. Not what's in a book, not what's in your exams. Experience is the number one. And I guess from a rugby point of view, I was started playing rugby because I wanted to prove a point to this girl that, you know, I'm going to play rugby at top level and I'm going to try and impress you because you're coaching rugby for high level now when i look back again at this statement that's the wrong mentality to have because you should never be trying to do something to impress someone else you should always be doing stuff to better yourself and support yourself what i've learned is that you can't expect support off your partner you have to support yourself again everything i've done is linking up but it's also a great learning curve Eventually, I things didn't work out too well, you know, 
and I end up moving to Wellington. Now, me moving to Wellington was the start of me moulding the Paul Norton that you see now. When I moved to Wellington, I had enough of contracting and doing the work I done. So I then went on and start driving machinery for a local contractor, driving diggers on a highway. Again, I always wanted to drive diggers and I drove diggers. But it got to the point where I exceeded where I wanted to be, which means that I always wanted to drive diggers. I always wanted to drive combines, so I went and drove combines. I always wanted to drive tractors, I drove tractors. I wanted to drive diggers, so I drove diggers. I've always made sure that I'd tick off these benchmarks. But this was different because I drove diggers, I done it so well that I then ended up becoming a project manager for a massive motorway in Wellington. Now, this again is a massive step. Project manager, you know, didn't go to university, didn't go to college, but I had gained a lot of experience in what I was doing to be trusted enough to run a group of 10 guys under me doing drainage and art moving on that job. I done this for maybe six months and it just it was just wasn't for me. Again you gotta realise I was playing rugby in Wellington and I was also and now a fully qualified personal trainer. So then I went to my a local gym, Snap Fitness and I remember clear as day going in and just looking for experience on the gym floor. My first week as a fully qualified personal trainer, now you gotta realize it was part-time as well. And I remember scrubbing that floor with a toothbrush. The owner gave me a toothbrush and he's like, oh Paul, I need you to scrub the floor here and scrub it in, in between the tiles. But I did it. I was on my hands and knees with a freaking toothbrush, a toothbrush and water, cleaning people's sweat and hair in between tiles in the gym. But I done this. And I done this kind of free work experience for maybe two or two weeks. And it didn't bother me because I was observing people on the gym. I was observing trainers. I was taking in so much information all around me. And that was the most beneficial thing I could do. Bear in mind, if we look back when I was in Taranaki, that comment from me not being able to play top level rugby was still inside me and it was still itching and itching and itching and itching. And again, I played rugby, I stuck at it, I was consistent, I was learning, I was watching videos, I was practicing after work, I was doing everything I could to be better and better and better. I got to a, a stage where I could not do the job, the nine to five job anymore. It was just, you know, going into work every day and just seeing people in the same way. People were overweight, people were miserable, people didn't want to be there. They were just there because they were getting a paycheck. And at this point in time, I was also doing part-time personal training. I was in the gym floor at maybe four o'clock in the morning, do three hours work. I uh, drive then to my construction job at for 7 a.m. It's half seven. 
I'd finish that job at half six, sometimes seven. I would then go back to the gym floor and I would work till maybe nine, ten o'clock every single night. I'd done this for maybe six to eight weeks. Do you know that same routine? But from here, I built up a good client base. Again, I was learning more and more. The information I was absorbing was just phenomenal. It was at a point then maybe three years ago that I quit that job and I became a fully full-time personal trainer. Again, it was a massive move for me because giving up everything that I've learned over my lifetime to do something completely foreign. You know, a project manager being trusted with, with 10 men under me, you know, a six-figure job, fantastic. To then leave that and then go chase a whole new era, like a whole new life was just, it was crazy. But my passion for helping people, my passion for seeing people get results. My passion for talking to people on the gym floor and was just far greater than any kind of paycheck. And yes, I took, you know, probably a 70% pay cut going into personal training. But the love and the passion I had for what I'd done was absolutely phenomenal. I'd done this personal training for about three years on the gym floor, two and a half years, three years. I easily have gathered over 6,000 PT hours on the gym floor, it's a lot of hours. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff coming through, a lot of people coming through, and the relationships I've built with people is just next to none. Things were going just fantastic. I was learning more and more, and I, I, I thought life couldn't get any better. You know, I was in the gym floor. You know, I had, I had a good car. You know, my body was in good shape. I had like 50 clients on the gym floor, like creaming it. You know, I was playing top level rugby in New Zealand. That year, I joined the local rugby team. I was playing prem level rugby and I got to play against Dan Coles, which you know is an all black. I got to play against Ardi Sevilla, again is an all black. And again, this didn't happen by accident. This was me manifesting to prove myself I am good enough to be where I am. You gotta imagine, a few years ago I was told, I never played rugby before, and I was told I'll never be good enough to play club level rugby. And here I was, here I was in a scrum with Dan Coles, Ardi Sevilla. Do you know the same number as me, number seven? Ardi Sevilla. Like, the words can't describe from where I've been to that moment where I got to play against two All Blacks. And again, my point is that things don't happen for a reason. Things happen because you make them happen. When someone tells you you can't do something, that needs to be your passion, that needs to be your fire, to just light the fire in your arse and make things happen. If your partner says you can't wear that dress or you know you don't look well in this, that's your passion to say fuck you and just take it to the next level. 
so my life at that point was perfect you know had a relationship with, with a girl and everything was just going it was just going fantastic everything was just so great you know and i went home for a wedding last march march to my uncle's wedding and this was the time when kind of COVID was just kind of happening so went home anyhow um left all my clients in new zealand i was only going for two weeks landed home and i was only home for maybe five days and in new zealand announced that uh, there were that there was anyone entering new zealand had to self-isolate for 14 days so i had a really just a really funny feeling that things wasn't going to end too well so my 14 day holiday at home ended up only being a eight day holiday went home had the wedding and then decided to fly back to new zealand earlier because i just had a feeling that they were going to close the borders so flying back to new zealand you know emotions were kind of high kind of uncertainty but again i tend not to let stress get to me landed in australia and you know, I landed in Australia to get my 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 flight to New Zealand. Um guess what happens? Went to go to Virgin Airlines to get the flight and it goes, Oh sorry, you can't enter. And he goes, What do you mean? Oh New Zealand have closed the borders. Now bear in mind la- we landed in New Zealand we landed in sorry in Australia at half past twelve in the morning new zealand closed the borders at 12 a.m we were half hour too short so as you can imagine the motion was very very high but again to me it wasn't foreign because it all comes back to when i was in queenstown when i got stuck in the airport when i get into a tough situation i always look at the worst possible scenario that's going to be a 10 10 is the worst thing so you got to imagine then the girl I was with, she was obviously frantic and she went back to Ireland. So I had to make a choice. Do I go back to Ireland or do I stay in Australia with no job, no friends, no clothes, no nothing in the middle of a world pandemic? Again, this is where for me is where I come up with the best ideas and it's when my mind just has these crazy, crazy things happen. Worst case scenario would be, I stay here, I wait a couple of weeks, I try to get back to New Zealand. If I can't get back to New Zealand, I stay in Australia, I make it work. Because I wasn't going to give in and give up just because of that. And this is a great example for you guys, you know. Just because everything is going against you at 100 miles an hour. Just because it might seem clear as day that you have to give up. I say bollocks. I say you never give up. Never. Even if the odds are stacked against you. Even if you have no way out, you do not give up. You always find a way. So, remember this again, clear as day. I moseyed on 
to the local backpackers, had a small backpack with me. And you got to imagine I'm 30 this, this stage, 30 years of age going to a backpackers. And I went to one in Sydney here, wake up Sydney. And just went there, just zoned out. Um, I was in a room with a couple of Irish backpackers, but it was crazy. You know, every day there was people leaving, there was pe- people frantic. People were losing their marbles. But again, I didn't let it bother me. My only concern was, shit, what about my clients in New Zealand? How are they going to get results? How are they going to be okay? I didn't care about me. It was everything that I was feeling was about my clients, letting down my clients, being there for my clients. you got to imagine, my clients were my best friends. They are my best friends. And for me to not be able to help them get their goals, the results, their support, that was the number one thing that was killing me the most. So I went to the local supermarket, got a pen and paper, and I spent three days, three solid days, and I rang every single one of my clients. I rang all of my old clients. I rang everyone that I was ever touched base with in New Zealand as a personal trainer. And I'd spend an hour each time on the phone, just chatting away, asking how are they, and just start devising the plan, just start making the plan, start chipping away. It was from this moment then that I came up with a 28 day challenge. Now for me, the 28 day challenge was, it was my first foot into the online scene. You know, I can't go to New Zealand, I can't go to Ireland. So how am I going to be able to help my clients in the best possible way I could? I make a Facebook group. I make a 28 day challenge where I can help my clients get results and have my support 24 seven. Again, it was no brainer. Put all my clients, maybe 40 of these guys, on the 20 day challenge and we just went for it you know each day we're in contact we've done videos we've done workouts you know i looked at their food the nutrition and i just couldn't believe the results that my clients got in the 28 days compared to me being on the gym floor you gotta imagine on the gym floor i could have a client for maybe one hour that's all they're going to see of me Whereas this online malarkey, my clients were in contact with me every single day. Any questions they asked me, like it was just crazy the amount of support they got from that challenge compared to being in the gym floor. At this stage, the 20 day challenge was finished and my chances to get to New Zealand were very, very slim. It wasn't happening. Now, bear in mind, I had already booked two flights to go back to Ireland, but them two flights got cancelled. Again, things don't just happen. You know, things happen for a reason. There was a reason I got stuck in Australia. There was a reason my flights got cancelled. Everything happens for a reason. So again, back to drawing board. I then start reading more and start learning more. I signed up to... I done my nutrition course with Phil Learney, you know, I done 
a mentorship with Mark Holmes. I then done the self-development course with Paul Mort. I just, my knowledge of information just expanded and I was absorbing so much information. It was just going from strength to strength to strength to strength. From this then, I was able to manifest an online platform where my clients, who I have on a one-to-one basis, have my support 24-7. From me being stuck to Australia, being stuck in Australia to where I am at this moment, you know, I've had two flights cancelled. I've moved house four times. You know, I've invested in courses, in mentorships. I've set up an online business. You know, have an, my own podcast. And one thing I've learned recently is that we have to be grateful for everything that happens. And what I mean by this is, my mum passing away was the most hardest and horrific thing that I will ever go through. But I also need to be grateful. For her passing away, it's given me the freedom to to travel the world. It's given me the freedom to help females in her situation. It's given me the freedom and the knowledge and the emotional connection to help females to, yes, lose weight and lose fat, but also to improve their confidence, you know, improve their motivation, improve their self-worth, have better sleep, reduce stress, and have a better sex life. I'm grateful for that coach years ago telling me I wasn't good enough at rugby. I'm good enough for that coach when I was a small kid telling me I couldn't play rugby back then because that gave me the passion to go play tug of war to represent my own country my own country in a world sport I'm grateful for meeting that girl in Taranaki because she gave me the passion to go play rugby again from that instance there I got told I wasn't good enough to play rugby from that instance I went on and I played against all blacks in top level rugby in New Zealand for me scrubbing floors with a toothbrush has built me a client base in the gym floor for me getting stuck in Australia it's made me impact the lives of so many people on so many levels because the support I can give my clients now is absolutely next to none the knowledge I've learned the connections I've made has been absolutely mind-boggling and again everything that's happened with my life you can look at my story and look at your story the very same everything happens happens for a reason there's always going to be a positive in the worst possible scenario if you look back at your life now and look how far you've come look at all the the times things went to shit look at all the harsh realities but look where you are now all them bad times have made you into the person you are now and the same as me my journey has is only starting it's only just beginning you know what's the positive of me having bad flatmates well it means i'm going to have good flatmates you know 
I have a desk in my room, I've got a chair. Now it's not a big deal, but I didn't have that in my last place. So me moving houses again has given me the opportunity to be a bit more professional, to get more work done, to have a good environment, a good place to work. Me investing in eight week challenges, six week challenges, in coaches that have been shit, well, what's the positive outcome? The positive outcome is, I can learn how to be a better coach. And I will never stop being a better coach because I'm always learning. If I lose a client, what happens? The, yeah, the negative is I'm, I'm, I can't help someone. I lose out on revenue. But the positive is that I have the chance to become a better coach. I have a chance to fill that spot with someone that suits me better. That I can help someone in a higher standard than I did last time. So again, everything that's happened to me, it doesn't happen by magic. And it may look all shiny from the outside and it may look like this magical fairy tale. But unless you know someone's story, we all have a story. Everyone has a story. We didn't get here by accident. It was no mistake. We didn't just fall into the perfect marriage. We didn't fall into the perfect body. We didn't fall into the perfect job. We didn't get the perfect car or the perfect life. We make them choices. We make them decisions. You gotta imagine twenty dollars. I felt like I won the lotto, and I have not changed that mentality whatsoever. If I find two dollars on the street, I have a skip in my step because I feel like I've won the lotto. That's the way you should view life. Life is not about having the fancy car. It's not about having money. Not about having a perfect body. It's not about how much weight or much fat you can lose. It's about you being the best possible version that you can. It's about improving the small areas, the confidence, the motivation, the self-worth, the sleep, the stress, the sex. And I can promise you one thing. When you look back at this podcast in a year's time or two years' time, my goal for the fitness industry is to leave it in just 1% better than I entered this fitness industry. You know, what I learned in my studies was about six packs and glutes and arses and arms and all the stuff that's not related to fitness. Fitness, as I said one more time, is about this podcast. It's about the six pillars. It's about the confidence, the motivation, the self-worth, the sleep, the stress and the sex life and the sex drive. My promise is I will show people that fitness is not all a one level street i can help people lose weight and lose fat that is no issues but my main goal is to get people like my mum to have support to help her through her journey because if she had someone like me that had her back every single day of the week seven days a week 24 7 that had her back that listened to her problems that helped her be confident, motivated, you know, have more self-worth. To help her see that fitness is not about losing weight and to have her feeling good in her own skin in a positive way, she could be still alive to this day. And that is my guarantee, that's my mission, that's my statement to you if you're listening to this podcast that that's what Paul Norton is about. He's not about the fads he's not about the images he's not about the looks 
He's about getting the message across that relates to, you know, you as a female. You know, if, if you've got kids, if you've got no kids, you know, to just, because there's so much pressure on females to lose weight, to look a certain way. And I have your back and I will always have your back. So guys, this has been a very emotional podcast, but it's also been a very inspiring podcast for me because I hope you listen to this podcast and I hope you leave this podcast feeling inspired and feeling better than you did 45 minutes ago. From me to you, adios and have a fantastic day and we'll see you next week. And just remember, please do share the podcast. You know, if you need any help, give me DMs. But just share the podcast because I know this will benefit so much more people hearing my story and how, where I've come from and the places I've been. So please share, please leave a message and please subscribe. Adios.